neat. So I just put Caleb on the spot. And uh, that's useful. He's going to preach tonight. So that's exciting. You, you, you're prepared and ready. That's neat. Now, we were just chatting on Friday night, and he was talking to me about one of his mates who was asking him about what he, what he does on Friday nights and why he won't go clubbing with him or something like that. Or He wanted to go out to dinner. Okay. He wanted to go out to dinner. But then he started asking you something about God and some yeah. questions about that. So, yeah, yeah go there, man. I, well, he, Even if you don't think people might yes. understand what you're talking about. Um, my, my mate, like, if you don't know me, I study physics. So we were, we were just finishing off some, some assignments together. And my mate asks me, he, he, like, we were just chatting, and he finds out that I go to church and that I'm a Christian. And he says, I have a question about what Christians believe. And I said, yeah. And he said... Do they believe that God can observe a quantum entangled particle without collapsing its wave function? And I'd say, well, yeah, he's God, he can do what he wants. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, so, you know, I think, I think he was just having a joke, but, it, you know, we started talking for a while about we actually started getting into some of the beliefs that our church has and, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's, that, that was exactly what I was after. That was neat. And um, because it got me thinking, if you don't understand, quantum entangled particles are actually subatomic particles which are theorized, even though they're not attached or near each other, when one moves, the other one moves in direct opposite function to it. So that they're actually moving, even they could be on opposite sides of the universe and still move in function. So these are theorized to do this and, and in that. And if you can observe one, it's not meant to, you're not meant to be able to then see what happens to the other one because you've affected the state too much that the other one can't change. And so that's a physicist's question surrounding that, which I get excited by those questions because I'm a bit of a nerd. Um, but anyway, it got me thinking, because that's just, the f- I've never heard that question before, Caleb. No one has ever asked me that question. I just thought, that is just really neat. Here is someone that's actually giving some, maybe a bit of a joking thought, but actually giving some, some thought to, to this thing that we call. I've I got a pastor friend, and he tells a story about a time when he went to a servo and um, filled up his car, and he was in there paying for his thing, and, and you know those times when you're, use the FPOS machine, it's like, oh, we've got to boot this thing up. And so it's taking a while to boot up, and so they just start having a chat. And so the, the service attendant asked, oh, what do you do? I'm a preacher. Oh, yeah, I believe in God too. Okay. Yeah, I believe that God's everywhere and in everything. Oh, okay. So, so just, like, just like C.S. Lewis must have been right, he said to him. So, like, well, if that's your belief, then cancer's evil because it kills the person. And also the surgeon must be evil because he kills the cancer. And then the, the attendant started to get a bit huffy at him. And I, oh, no, it's just, just, just my belief, buddy. And, and um, it's like, well, <laughs> my mate started to say to him, so, well, you know, there's a name for your belief as well. It's pantheism. And the service station had sort of, Got a bit back at that. He thought this was the first idea anyone had really ever had this thought that God is everywhere and in everything and, and doing everything. And so anyway, they, they have a bit of a chat. And, and eventually it gets to the point after a couple of sentences, the service station attendant goes, look, 
I'm just entitled my, to my belief, okay? It's my belief and, and that's it. And my mate just sort of kept going at him and sort of going, well, that's, that's okay. And just sort of trying to help him understand. So is there validity to your belief? Have you thought it through? Is there a thought process under there? And, and trying to show him the, how it's pretty much illogical that God is actually everything and in everywhere that's... So he gets to a point where he says, no, look, I'm just entitled to my belief and that's it. And I know. In the essence, it was sort of shutting him down and, and, and cutting him off, but essentially saying that, you know what, I'm entitled to my belief, whether it's right or wrong, but he didn't want actually the discomfort about thinking about it. My mate had no issues with him being challenged on his belief. He had no issues with him being entitled to his belief. We believe that. People have a freedom of belief. That's, that's a, a value that we hold. That's cool. You can have your beliefs. But... Do we actually think about those things? Do we actually get challenged on them? Do we actually spend time considering what those things are? Some of you guys have been through uni or, or been through stuff where all of a sudden uh, beliefs get challenged a bit more than just our opinion. Uh, it's almost like, in some ways though, I wonder if anyone's had that experience where someone's like, challenged your beliefs. Yeah? And you, you've had to think about it even if you've never thought about it before, and sometimes on the spot you're like, oh, hang on, why do I believe that? Uh, uh, and it gets a bit awkward at those times. But I don't know, I guess we look around, and this is something that I've, I've given thought to for the last while, and I don't actually know how long I'll talk to. It might, I mean, might only talk for five minutes, we'll see. But um, <laughs> I've been given thought to this, and, and Caleb sort of sparked it the other night again, just by his, his mate's question, is it's almost like thought has left our world, right? we, we think less these days. And as Christians, we seem to, to think less. And we don't question and we sort of take the, the one word line or we take the one line in the song and um, go, oh yeah, that's the belief, that's there, we'll um, hold on to that and, and that's, that's the whole validity for us. But I, I, I really wonder if that's, that's what God's got for us. I love the, one of my favorite Times of ministry last year is when I was, I must be, probably two years ago, I was preaching a message one Sunday night, and I think we're talking about, we're doing a series on what happens between sort of point of death and eternity and um, all the fun bits in there. And after, after church, I, one of the girls came up to me and said, I'm not sure I agree with you on what you said. And um, I just gave her a big cuddle and said, oh. And I was so excited, and it was just fantastic that someone wasn't just sitting there listening or, or blank staring, but actually considering and, and thinking. We've got this scripture in Philippians. Um, Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed my presence, but even more my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That our salvation and every aspect of it um, in what we do and how we act and what we say and, and what we think what we value or our theology, we need to actually work out and take ownership for and take responsibility for. And the way I say it's like this, we're responsible for our own theology. We're responsible for what we believe. We, are, we need to actually be the ones that stand in front of Jesus one day and go, yeah, this is what I believe and this is where I've come to with it and, and he's going to sort of look at us and probably look through into that. And, and I wonder if we've really given thought into those into those beliefs. I remember when I was at uni, I had um, 
a lot of people would sort of just ask me about it and ask me what I was doing and because I was at church a lot and did a lot of youth stuff, hung out with teenagers, why do you believe that? What's going on? And, you know, the most powerful thing to hold on to for belief is an experience. Now, if we've had a reality of God move in something, like if you've had God really break through in an area, if you've had uh, a sickness in your body and, and there's healing that's come, supernatural power of God, you know that God heals. You've put it to the test, and now you have a testimony, and it, your belief's been put to the test, and you, you've got that to hold on to. That's the most powerful thing when we have an experience of the love of God, the encounter of God, um, the breakthrough of God, the direction of God, anything in our lives that we hold, that, that's the most powerful thing. But it doesn't negate actually using our brains as well. And then we need to actually go deeper. What, the Bible's got authority. And so we say to someone, why do you believe in Jesus? Oh, because the Bible says so. Oh, but I don't believe in the Bible. Where do you go with that? Jesus loves me, this I know. Why? Because the Bible says so. Well, then as a kid, that's, that's, that's the reasoning that we grew up with. Do we actually know why the Bible should be a book of authority? Do we know why the Bible should be taken as authority? And if you don't, go Google it. <laughs> Learn why. Learn why it's the most accurate historical book that there is. Learn why it's the most challenged book, but it's also been the most supportive book. Learn how architecture and, and archaeology supports um, the stories of history in the Bible. Learn how that it's the most accurately translated Bible, how it's the most accurate ancient manuscript we have. There's more copies of it than anything else. And yet we take the annals of Caesar for being true historical records and there's only like six of them and they're fragmented and yet we have thousands of copies of, of scripture from original manuscripts and we need this stuff that we know that is an, it is an authority book and this is why I, I believe that. We need to be able to answer that in ourselves. Paul says always have an answer for those that come with a question. And so we started a couple of years ago with young adults meeting and, and just discussing some topics and that's, that's gone on a bit more and um, researched some topics and I think we started one where we were, when the whole marriage thing came up and just talking about the values around marriage and, and what that looked like was the first one and I asked people to go research. So when you look at your stuff or when you're trying to find out more background to your beliefs, where do you go for that? Because well, the honest thing here, if the only place you actually get your Christian beliefs from is on a Sunday morning or night and listen to me talk for half an hour, it's not going to actually be enough. It's not going to give enough depth to that or, or youth for a bit. It's not going to actually give the depth. So where do you get that? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm serious. I'm not asking rhetorically. I'm actually wanting to, wanting to know. Concordance? Logos? Yeah. A concordance? Yeah. Yeah, ask someone else that you trust. Great. Yeah. We, we, this. I, I'm grateful for um, TV preachers that I watched for an hour a day when I was in year 11 and 12. They gave me a lot of good stuff, gave me some dodgy stuff as well in the theology there, which I've had to question since that time. 
But um, YouTube has some great guys on it. Ravi Zacharias. There's a good name to watch some YouTube clips on. You might find him a bit dry at times, but um, also some deep thinking stuff that goes like really into the, the meaty things there. Or um, Jensen Franklin's got some great stuff that really ducks down onto, onto things there. But Gideon New Testament. Yeah, okay. That's right. Hmm. Start with reading the Bible. Read more about that. But so, I guess that's the thing. Is I just want to really, and this hasn't fully developed yet, other than the fact that there's a desire that we need to think, because as Christians, I don't think we think enough, um, and we don't consider enough our belief, and actually be able to support it and say it and, and reckon it and recognize it. Cyril does. I know he thinks a lot. He's up all night thinking, and um, if you want to know how to find information and research things, he's a good person to actually access for that. Uh, he's just, yeah, phenomenal how much depth he looks for. He finds layers on stuff. It's just really neat. Uh, but even in our world, as we look around our world, uh, like Malcolm, the, the change from Anth, um, Abbott to Turnbull has been an interesting change in government. People knew what Abbott stood for and sort of not as quite as sure what Turnbull stands for, even though he said, I want to make things a bit clearer and plainer. Abbott just kept firing out two-line responses all the time. Stop the boats. What are we going to do? Stop. Everyone knew that. What do you want to do? Stop the boats. Two-line things, whereas Turnbull tries to explain it all in larger words, but people sort of get lost in that. And so we have a society that throws out just two-liners this week again, um, through Parliament, um, the, the lower house passed the thing for the marriage plebiscite. And I, I don't want to wrap it on. I'm so bored about talking about this. But um, it provides a good example because all of a sudden we've got these two words which get thrown up all the time, marriage equality. And so if you don't actually think about it, you take that and go, well, that sounds pretty good. We want equality. That's human rights. Everyone should have rights that are equal. And, and so that phrase is there. But unless we actually think and can think for ourselves, and I, that's why that phrase has been put there, because they're just expecting people not to think. But if we actually think and go, well, actually, marriage has a quality right now. Everyone can access it. As long as you try and access it with the right requirements walking in, men and a woman that aren't related to each other and that are over 18. You can access it. You know, I think it's really unfair. I caught a plane to Canberra just a little while ago and um, flew down there. And, and as I hopped on the plane, I walked through. And you've got these people with um, slightly wider chairs and, and they're right up the front. And they can get on and off easy and they get better food and drinks that I do and they get served first. I wasn't allowed to sit in their seats. That wasn't equal. We didn't have equal seats on the plane. But there was equality because I had access to them just as the same as the people there did. I just wasn't willing to pay the same price. 
And so we have marriage equality when we actually think down and, and break it down and actually start thinking about this thing. And the whole thing, science is in, all these little two-phrase statements. But I guess we just don't think there is... Um, There was a just recently uh, it was Guy Fawkes Day um, celebration. That was exciting. Yeah, it's Josiah. You're a loud lad, Josiah. Yeah, yeah. Take after your mother. And uh, <laughs> so it's Guy Fawkes Day. That's this weird guy in a mask. Anyway, so what they did in they wanted one of the rugby clubs in in the UK wanted to have a bonfire. Uh, in support of this, for Guy Fawkes Day, but they couldn't actually get the the legislation passed or tickle the safety boxes. So what they did is they hung up a projector in between the football posts and projected a fire onto it, and then put heaters underneath, and said, "Everyone's going to have the experience of being at a bonfire." <laughs> You're like, are you going to tell your rugby players to go home and hop on the Xbox and play rugby? Chuck some mud around you. You're going to have the experience of actually playing the game. That's just a bit weird. In um, New Zealand, there's an organization that's called the New Zealand Health Ministry of Nutrition Monitoring Report. New Zealand Health Ministry of Nutrition Monitoring Report. So they did this big study and found that their finding was that employees need an environment where they can actually eat nutritional food. And so, it's an employer's responsibility to look after what their employees eat. Yeah, this is just getting absurd now. So apparently what can happen, now here's the thing. So Pastor Nat, she's here, she works at the office for a while, and gets fat in a few years' time. According to this report, she can now sue me as a result of that. Where's any decent amount of thought that goes into this on any responsibility? Taking it even further, in Canada. The Pakiha, that's your people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm blaming you for that. In Canada, a little while ago, there was um, a group of like 11-year-old boys that they grabbed this kid. He had um, spina bifida, shoved him in a shed, and then lit the shed on fire. So what happens then? Uh, all of a sudden, it was one of the neighbors eventually heard the cries and the banging on the shed, and he came over and, and let the kid out, and he, he survived just as the fires were turning up. So here's a group of 11-year-old boys that threw a boy in a shed, and lit it on fire. The punishment they faced was they had to do a fire safety course. A psychologist wrote, these boys have no, in their developmental, developmental psych says they have no forward thinking, so they cannot know about the consequences for what they were doing, and so therefore shouldn't be treated um, for the attempted, tried for the attempted murder of this child. All they need to do is learn a bit of fire safety. I guarantee those those 11-year-old boys had an idea of what they were doing. This kid's annoying us. We're going to hurt him. And we're going to get rid of him. And it's just... We live in a society where, where thought seems to have evaporated. And as the church and as Christians, 
We, we, we need to be at the forefront of that. We need to think a bit more and, and uh, actually consider and, and, and value and why. And that's why I think um, as we do a month looking at or a couple, yeah, a month looking at values in a little Bible study thing, it's good to then actually take them and go sit back and go, well, why is this important? Why are these things values? Why, what actually impact does this have for the kingdom of God inside me? And what impact does this have for others? And why do I believe it? And why am I going to hold on to it? And so I just, I guess I want to spend a little bit of time just praying for our, I don't know, a generation that's going into uni. Um, you, you're off. Are you off to uni next year? Yeah, what are you studying, man? Biomedical. Dude, that's like some smart stuff. That's awesome, man. And so I guarantee through that, you're going to have people that sit there and go, so you go to church, why do you do that? What's that about, man? Like, dude, what are you, what are you wasting your time with that for? And, and you need answers underneath that to actually then... Like the statistics say that if there was 10 of you sitting here, in a year's time, only one or two of you would be. This is what statistics say. We haven't had that in this church. People that have gone off to uni and completed school for the last little while, they've all stayed in the faith. It's been really neat. Um, and, and so I, I'm not saying that's going to happen. You're going to stay in the faith, and I, I declare that over you. But it's important to start thinking and um, really start grabbing into and, and considering these things. So I just want to guess, and around these night times, I just want to spend some time praying for certain things, probably in our nation and people as well. And maybe we can actually grab our guys that are at uni or going into uni and just use you guys as representative to pray over. Um, but our yo- the young adults in our nation really need to start thinking and need to start using brains a lot more. And I think they've been taught not to think and expected not to think. And um, yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Let's 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 pray for that. Let's just um. Yeah, man. See, we can we can end that. That's cool. We can stop recording. We don't need to do that anymore. We're just going to pray and get on another screen on there and. Let's get, our, let's get our young adult guys up here and peoples and let's gather around and pray for you guys. Hi, Josh. You can come join us, man. It's all right. Cyril doesn't bite. You guys can come join us up the back too. We don't need to worry about a sound booth. That's where Tom went. Hi, Tom. <laughs> 